0: Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Hey guys, have a new guest on the show today. He goes by the name of Stuart Cook, and he is the CEO of 180 Nutrition, which is a very well-established worldwide nutrition brand now, but especially here in Australia, And also, he has his own podcast, which, uh, well, the 180 Nutrition Podcast called The Health Sessions. And he's really making some some great changes and movement within the fitness and nutrition industry. He's had a huge impact on that.
1: And yes, Stu, how are you doing today, mate? Very well, thank you, mate, and I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to have a chat to you because I can see that you're doing some um, great things as well, so I'm keen to, keen to see where you're coming from uh, at the moment as well during this, during this chat.
0: Mate, it's, it's an honor to have you on, and I think the listeners are going to really benefit from this episode because I'm a massive fan of the podcast, and obviously I was fortunate enough to feature on the podcast so, um, yeah, you, you have some amazing guests on there. So you must be learning a lot from uh, all of these guests, mate, because, I mean, a lot of them are experts within their field, obviously
1: including me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, look, totally. And, I, and I'm really um, so blessed to be able to connect with these um, experts and yourself included because – you're doing something that 99% of the population really struggle to do in terms of body composition because it is, like, it's very scientific um, and you need to be very disciplined uh, and regimented and um, you need to put your heart and soul into it. So for, you know, X number of thousand people out there that want to do what you do, then, yeah, dial into our conversation before and you get some great insights. But, yeah, I, I generally like to take home, you know, one, two, three pieces of like golden pieces of information from each guest, um, and then just see whether we can apply that to our lives each day, every day, um, with the ultimate goal in being the best versions of ourselves, living long and happy lives, rather than just going for the quick fix and um, suffering the consequences along the way, which can be can be often be the case.
0: Absolutely, and that's why I'm a big fan of your company as well because it is based on wellness and actually it, the, the I guess the the kind of um, idea behind it was health helping people yep. you know reach optimal health but at the same time helping them supplement a good diet um, you know and I've I use the um, I use your, your protein the grass fed whey protein but it's also loaded with like ten other ingredients which are you know for example like you know just chia seeds and um you've got the sunflower kernels and all this mixture of, of nutrients together which yep. you know which is the right idea because there's a lot of there's a lot of really really in fact i go as far to say as the majority of supplements out there nowadays are actually probably doing more harm than good right Stu?
1: <laughs> <laughs> look you know we've been around for a decade and a decade um, wow yeah 10 years uh wow. and we started from a place um, back in the day where my business partner worked with a small group of like, rene- renegade health professionals who were treating people with chronic disease, namely cancer, um, in a very different way. So they were giving them the most nutritious diet that they could possibly um, prescribe, which meant no processed foods, no... no. Um, no mountains of sugar and, um, and no low fat diet. So it was all very high fat quality, um, grass fed proteins. Um, and they were lifting weights as well. So to, to promote human growth hormones. So they were trying to reduce inflammation. And the offshoot of that was that it was wildly successful for these guys, like no crazy cures, but, their bloods um, were looking better than they ever had. These guys had more energy and vigor than they ever had before. And um, and they had more um, – they just felt great. Medications were dropped um, drastically. So we thought, wow, um, this is what happens when you actually feed the body what it needs, the raw material is what it needs. And this is what happens when you pull all of the stuff that is – doing the opposite of that. So it was holding us back. Um, And at the time, um, we were tasked with trying to supplement this group's diet with a protein source um, because they needed more protein because they were growing like they they hadn't for a long time. And there was nothing on the high street. Everything on the high street was synthetically manufactured with fillers and thickness and sugars and sweeteners and all this nasty stuff. And so we decided – well, let's just make something ourselves. Let's use whole foods, real foods, like ingredients that you recognize, um, with the ultimate gu- um, aim of being trying to get more nutrition into, into everybody's day. Uh, and everybody could be able to consume this in terms of toddlers um, to – um, busy, you know, mums, gym goers, elite athletes, it doesn't matter. Um, and that's kind of where it started. And, and yeah, and today, of course, there is still a huge industry behind synthetic um, synthetic supplements. But with all the stuff that we're learning nowadays, we realize that our, our gut health is important, our hormones are important. Um, nourishing our brain with quality fats is important too. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's a sliding scale. You've got the promise of these synthetic supplements and all the crazy marketing that goes with it versus whole food solutions. So it is a uh, yeah, it's it's still touch and go uh, as to whether you'll come out the shop with something that's actually good for you. <laughs>
0: that's it for sure. No, that's that's great cuz you kind of covered one of my other questions and I was going to ask you kind of, you know, what inspired you to start one nutrition, but yeah, And I have another question now off the back of that. But anyway, um, I was just going to say, before we dive into it, could you give us a little bit more of an insight of of what your background is, you know, prior to a decade ago when you started 180 Nutrition? And, you know, and then if you, you know, when you fast forward a little bit, if you could just tell us exactly what kind of inspired you to start 180 Nutrition. I know you covered some of that then, but Mm,
1: that would be great. Sure. Yeah, look, so my my background is in in design, of all things. So typically, um, I I trained um, as a graphic designer, like 25 plus years ago, uh, and website design and things like that. Uh, And so I was always helping people create um, brands and launch brands and build websites and market their own products. And always had a very, very vested interest in health. So I like to lift weights and i'm into my mountain bike i used to race that when i lived in the uk and um just like to just like to eat well like move my body like if i don't move my body i just feel everything feels wrong i need i feel like a caged animal i've got to do something Mm. and um uh, and so when i met my business partner who at the time was a personal trainer at a, uh, at a, at a big um, university gym in Sydney, we came together and realized that we had all these skill sets, um, that we could combine, um, to create a company. And this passion was about this whole food protein supplement because I tried samples of prototypes of this and thought, wow, this is so radically different because I used to take supplements myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we joined forces, and, and between us we had the, um, like the personal trainer, nutritional side, and then we also had the marketing side as well. And, and then as we came together, we started just to learn more and more about um, where we wanted to take the company. And we realized that not only are the high streets um, awash with so many crazy processed options, but the information that we were getting from mainstream media was the same like it was based on old and flawed science um it wasn't unique to the individual and it was just kind of sending out these blanket terms of you want to lose weight right no problems well cut your calories and exercise more but it's so much deeper than that so we decided that we wanted to start a podcast and we'd reach out to the very best minds on the planet about any given subject so whether it's Microbiome, or gut health, or metabolic science—all of these things—and um, and that enabled us then to ask the questions that were on everybody's tongues. Um, really, truly, try and understand what's going on in the in the health world, and why, as a nation, we're getting fatter and sicker, and why kids are getting more allergies than they've ever had before, and they're putting on weight like we never used to see. You know, fifteen, twenty years ago, um, and so essentially that allowed us to offer in our mind's eye the best um, nutritional products backed with the very best in terms of information as well so people would just become curious and say, "Well, hold on a minute, like I've been doing this for so long and it's not working for me, I wonder why and then they could turn to our podcast session for instance, and dial into. cutting edge expert on the topic of their choice and just learn so much Uh, and and i think when you're curious that just leads you down this rabbit hole then of voraciously wanting to find out as much information about the topic as possible and empowering yourself to make change so that's kind of where we came from
0: Mm, incredible mate i love that because it's 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 hard to come by you know especially Mm. within this industry you know whether you want to say you know the supplement industry or fitness nutrition regardless there's so much bad information out there now especially with the emergence of you know social media and all these different platforms you can get that information from Mm. unfortunately one of the big things i believe which is missing from this industry whether you call it fitness nutrition you know you have a nutrition company so It is integrity. I think a lot of these, you know, most people out there are really not, you know, it's it's maybe a bit harsh here in most people, but there's so many people out there who really are just, you know, doing this for the wrong reasons. But obviously Mm -hmm. the reason you're doing it is because, you know, you genuinely want to help people in regards to, you know, overall wellness. And I want to touch upon something you just mentioned then in regards to kids, having yep. you know intolerances you you have kids of your own right do you would have what? i do yeah how many have th- you
1: got th- i got three girls so three girls three I got girls. Three. <laughs> oh yeah. man Twin, twins at 10 and the eldest is 13
0: oh wow so
1: that's so insane yeah so you're so busy
0: you're that... a busy guy man to say the least
1: <laughs> keep well, you, you on can, your toes you... You can count the rings under my eyes That's, uh, <laughs> nah, <laughs> as, to, but, as to how old I am.
0: Nah, mate. But um, I was just going to say, yeah, so you can obviously probably mm-hmm. elaborate a bit more on this because, you know, with your kids mm-hmm. being in school and whatnot, like even when I was younger, I'm 31 coming on to 32, I cannot recall a single kid in my school, primary school and high school, with intolerances. There may have been a few. I can't yeah. remember any. But nowadays, <laughs> yeah. I hear... You know, it's the norm to find half of the class even more with certain intolerances, whether that be gluten, dairy. Do you think there's something going on there, Stu?
1: Totally, without a shadow of a doubt. And same mm. for me. Like, when I was in school, the word intolerance, like, it wasn't even in our vocab, Like right? mm. We just ate food, and there was perhaps, a you know, a token child in the school that was overweight um, for whatever reason. Um, but it was certainly in the minority. But these days, and definitely with my girls in school, we have got <clears throat> we got kids that are intolerant to everything. I've got lots of my daughter's friends who actually carry epipens because they're that allergic to. Um, I mean, this is you know life life threatening stuff. Mm. They eat a peanut, they could go into anaphylactic shock. So they have to carry around all this stuff. Where is it coming from? You know, it's really really interesting. And I've had lots of chats. Uh, with some very interesting um, people around this, in terms of um, doctors and health specialists uh, in functional medicine and things like that, and and they liken it to to a couple of different areas. And again, like this is this is an opinion. Um, I'm happy to share it. Like it, it, I don't say that this is what it is, but mm-hmm. um, do kind
0: of thing, yeah, andy or whatever you say, whatever exactly, they call
1: it, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So. Um, I had a great chat with uh, an orthopedic surgeon uh, a couple of years back that spoke about um, pregnancy and in, and in terms of when the fetus is actually developing and the immune system of the fetus is developing. It often comes down to the diet um, way before conception of the mother, and and during, you know, during conception, during pregnancy. Uh, And he likened um, issues with the immune system to the consumption of vegetable oils. So vegetable oils, one of these things that people think or we're led to believe uh, is the healthy option in terms of the lower in saturated fat, their sunflower oil and canola oil and all these oils that sound healthy, when in actual fact, A large percentage of them, or anything, but they are um, seed oils that are a byproduct of of an industry, and have been known um, to be highly um, to cause uh, high levels of inflammation in the body. So his theory was that the immune system of the mother is so inflamed and so reactive that that's then passed on to um, the fetus as it's developing, and the baby um, is born. With all of these allergies and reactions and sensitivities to to um, to whatever given food, based upon the fact that the um, vegetable oils, hydrogenated vegetable oils, have compromised the immune system, and then roll that forward into their first three, 6, 12 months of their life, um, baby gets you know a cold or, or or a you know health issue, and immediately. Um, dosed up with antibiotics, which compromises um, the gut, and and that health starts with the gut. A healthy gut, you know, healthy healthy life. Um, and so, overuse of antibiotics, um, overconsumption of vegetable oils um, and processed foods, and 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 everything that boils into into that pot as well is. Is pretty much word on the street in terms of allergies um, and things like that. I mean, it all boils down to gut health, which no doubt we'll we'll talk a little bit later in more depth. But that, out of all the conversations that I've had over the last five years of podcasting, there are a few things that I I stand by in terms of um, I just will not consume, and and the number one thing is vegetable oil. I will go out of my way to avoid vegetable oil Same. Uh, and, and and that <clears throat> every expert that I have said has been so adamant that this is such a problem for us um, that I can't ignore it and so again, you know, through trial and error, I've eliminated the vegetable oils started to include more healthy oils with the um, avocados and olive oil and coconuts and MC2 oils, things like that that are more stable, that haven't been tampered with. And um, and then you can you can see if you're into tracking all of these things through things like blood samples, mm-hmm. you can see that the inf- inflammatory levels um, do decline over over time when you do that combined with you know, other practices in health and wellness as well. But it's really, for me, it's just a <clears> – <throat> it's – it's kind of a no brainer. Like you mm. look at, we profess, you know, nothing beats real food. Uh, and the moment that you try and pull back on all of the processed foods, you just feel better um, because you're nourishing your body and, and you're not compromising it.
0: Absolutely. So many questions, but I can just say myself, based on what you just said at the end with, with processed foods, is because I had a huge transformation probably about three, four years ago where um, I was getting major gut issues. Um, I had the binge eating disorder. I think I I may have briefly mentioned this on uh, the podcast Mm. We Did Together, where from kind of restrictive eating leading up to competitions and photo shoots and whatnot, I would then go on huge binge eating episodes and I was consuming processed foods, you know, quite a lot. And the second I cut them out and I cut out artificial sweeteners as well. So at that point, actually, Stu, I was taking the really poor quality supplements, not really mm-hmm. aware enough for the time to know any different, loaded full of artificial sweeteners and coloring dyes and all the other chemicals they mix them with. Yeah. And when I cut them out and I started increasing my vegetable intake and, and eating generally eating more whole foods, absolutely transformed my whole life. And I wouldn't be here now um, talking on this podcast if it wasn't for that Transformation and, in a sense, yeah. the, the suffering I went through with the binge eating disorder and the gut issues and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but I just wanted to say, in regards to the the vegetable oils, mm-hmm. it's everywhere, right? So you live mm. in you live in Byron Bay, Stew, Right?
1: Yes. Oh yeah. man,
0: that's what I love about Byron Bay. There's so many great <laughs> healthy cafes and stuff to eat from in there.
1: It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a good good place. Like you can generally go out and. Um, Find um good quality food um the hosts typically um, are happy to announce that it's all locally um, farmed mm-hmm. nose to tail farm to table, all that kind of stuff um and whole food based which is which is yeah really great to see incredible but yeah with the, with the vegetable
0: also like everywhere you go pretty much on most places you know, even if it poses to be a healthy cafe or restaurant or whatever, generally the norm, you know, 95% of the time, I would say, um, especially in just the average restaurant when people, you know, some of the audience listening now on the weekends, they may go out to restaurants like we do and eat yeah. and we just consume the food, not really assuming that, you know, th- th- assuming that they cook them with vegetables, right? Because that's yeah. kind of the norm. And Another thing I struggle with is because it takes a while. This is one of my other questions. Um, I was going to talk to you a bit about intuitive eating Mm -hmm. and actually eating based on what your body needs as opposed to the mouth pleasure and the emotions, (laughs) the emotions, you know, emotional eating, which whether people realize it or not, the the majority of people actually, you know, eat based on emotions, you know, they feel anxious, they'll have some food, they're bored, they'll have some food watching tv you know that's another that's a big one we associate with eating yes these things that are programmed into our brain and i find you know my brain like i said three four years ago my brain was also hijacked because that's what i say to people It's essentially those processed foods um that we talked about are kind of manufactured to make you addicted essentially right so yes where I was going with that is, yeah, I was I was kind of eating when, you know, based on my emotions. I was bored or the weekend would come round. But to get to the point where you're eating intuitively, it's, it's quite a long road. So like I said, I started eating more vegetables. That was the first big game changer for me. I started connecting to the fact that, wow, I actually feel better when I eat more vegetables. I actually feel more energy. I don't feel like I'm craving those foods much anymore, you know. And yeah. those little connections you start making... Is the first step to to i think eating intuitively and yes. um but when you try and explain to someone about vegetable oils, like I get laughed at they're like they're totally fine because they live in they feel like you know they, they might be relatively healthy individuals um and they don't know what it's like to when i i I'm now aware of the fact that if i sometimes I eat out at a restaurant and I feel bloated, yeah. I feel inflamed, my gut's not the best the next day a lot of that most likely is the vegetable oils and and whatever else, right? So um, trying to tell someone that they're not ideal for you, even though we're we're the sickest we've ever been and, you know, chronic illness, it's a chronic illness epidemic now, you know, diabetes and heart disease, all these things. So, you know, like you mentioned, the vegetable oils, also refined sugars, those processed Mm -hmm. foods are obviously um, contributing to this, right. Stu? So, um, yeah, how would you, cause I know you probably, um, I guess eat intuitively and I know you eat, um, whole foods as yeah. you just said then. And I love some of the stuff you talk about with the gut and that, but how did you actually get to that point Stu, you where you were, you were eating intuitively? Was it, a, was it a journey for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a journey. Absolutely. And I think the first part of the journey, um, Came after we interviewed uh, a lady called Nora Gagaudis. So she was yep. she's an expert in in ancestral health and very much um, talks about the paleo-ish diet in mm. terms of whole food and nutrient dense foods. Uh, and she wrote a book called Primal Body, Primal Mind, and that was really the catalyst to for us to want to find out so much more because that was such an interesting read. In as much as it it um, discussed um carbohydrate processed carbohydrates you know breakfast options the importance of fat in your diet um the importance of reducing sugar in your diet and and really shed light on what's happening um with with nutrition in our age and um she went into to a lot of detail about wheat and gluten and and said it's really um it really compromises the systems from the, the gut and it can be very um, people can become very allergic to it and they don't even know in terms of having things like brain fog and asthma and allergies and and um, congestive issues and I had always had uh, a really stuffy nose f- for most of my life I just remember like my nose is always blocked up um, and so I thought oh, I'm going to experiment I'm just going to pull um gluten out of my diet and, you know, give it a go for six weeks and see what happens. And uh, and I used to, you know, eat heaps of bread and loved bread. Coming from England and, and having the local you know bakers on the doorstep and getting a big crusty loaf i mean i can still smell it and taste it now it's delicious
0: it still smells amazing doesn't it and tastes delicious it still does even though it does you damage it still tastes and smells amazing doesn't it (laughs) we grew up on it
1: (laughs) we we did we did um and so i just thought right we've got cold turkey just pull it out my diet for six weeks see what happens and it took about three days and my nose was clear immediately wow And, um, (laughs) and i just thought wow that's Insane as to how immediate that could be, and so we started to look more into wheat and gluten and discover well what's actually happening in there to to cause these reactions because we've been eating wheat and grains for so long, and then we realised that well, sure we may have been eating wheat and grains for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, but it's what we do to the wheat now, and that's the difference in terms of now wheat has been changed through a process called hybridization mm. to be able to be resistant to drought and bugs and, and can grow under water now and, and it's and and sprayed with everything under the sun that it's 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 changed so radically over the last fifty years that it's become alien to our bodies and our bodies just react and say, I don't know what that is um, and all the alarm bells go. Mm. So for me it was really a, a long process of of Learning and researching, and and interviewing experts, uh, and just finding out that the three big ones really are, are gluten, vegetable oil, and sugar. And if you can, if you can tip the scales in favour of reducing all of those things, you're going to be on the path to a healthier you. Um, and that is completely. Um, the opposite direction of how most of us eat these days in terms of we get up and have breakfast cereal um, and maybe a juice or, uh, you know, a yogurt or something along those lines. Uh, And before you left the house, you've had your daily intake of sugar right there. Mm -hmm. And then of course you're hungry an hour later. So you have a, you know, a snack bar or a muffin or something that you crave because you're on this carbohydrate um, train. Um, straight into lunch where it might be a roll of sandwiches or sushi or something that's quick and easy and prepared. And um, and then y- your day just goes pear-shaped from there and you wonder why you've got brain fog and perhaps you're carrying a few extra pounds, you don't sleep well, you've got allergies, all of the above. So it's really, um, yeah, for me it was a transition of just I've learned this, I want to find out more and then that that moves you into another realm of wow. If that's happening with wheat then you know what's happening with our soil and and what what are the chemicals doing that they're spraying on this food? What does that do to us as well? Mm. And that just spirals into me wanting to just to take a more whole food approach. And so if I'm out and about I can have a look on the menu and think, "Oh, well it's easy to get a protein, and it's easy to get vegetables." Most most cafes or restaurants will have chicken on the menu or steak, and I can get veggies or a salad. I just dodge the, the dressings and the oils and the fried food, um, things like that, and just in favor of more wholesome food because essentially I want to just do one thing, which is maximize the nutrition that I can get out of every single meal because it's an opportunity to feed my body rather than that being an opportunity to feed my cravings and my appetite. And that's that's the big thing for me because I am surrounded by friends and family that are struggling with their health. And for me, we believe that prevention is the cure. So all of this stuff that we're doing now, you might be fine for 10, 15, 20 years, but it will catch up on you mm. over time. Uh, and essentially, if we can get the, if we can get the foundations in place now, and teach this stuff to our kids and raise awareness then the future will be brighter than it is at the moment hmm.
0: fascinating me fascinating yeah and like what you said then it, it is a, it is a project right even like hmm. the the dreaded sea word cancer right you know it's they, mm-hmm. they've, they've proven it's for the a lot of the time it's it's lifestyle related and it's as you say it's a 15 20 year project hmm. and but how, how this is another random question i've got for you but personally I find it very hard the hardest people to actually convince and communicate with and and get your message to are the people close to you right so mm. do you ever have that problem with like family and friends where you're obviously being you know who you are and and all the the, the great knowledge you've you've observed from all of these uh, these experts you have on your show and with a nutrition company you know and obviously practicing what you preach with your, your health and fitness you you know how, do you still find it quite hard to to sometimes get the message across to people or
1: yeah often oftentimes um people need to have a problem um to then want to be able to find a solution so it's not until you you're at that boiling point where you're ready to accept maybe you should start changing something and it's like the analogy of i think the the frog in the boiling water have you heard that one no, i haven't you- no so you put a, you know, it's like putting a frog in a pan and, and putting the pan on the stove and slowly heating up the uh, the water. And the frog doesn't really know what's happening because it's so slow. Uh, and ultimately, the frog will die and there, will boil um, versus boiling up the water first, putting the frog in the water, and the frog just goes, oh, my God, and jumps straight out. Mm. And so typically, it's just like, well, all of this stuff in terms of inflammation, bad um, food choices, lack of movement, poor sleep, exposure to chemicals, all of that stuff is re- takes a really long time to to um, to affect us and and you know it may end up in in real issues in you know, 15, 20 years time um, as opposed to having a food that you react to immediately and you think oh I just I can't deal with that. Mm. Um, that's more of an immediate reaction but typically people, uh, find it very hard to want to know any more about any given subject until they're in a position where they need to know. Uh, so ultimately, I reckon just you lead by example uh, yes, in terms yes. of, you know, you're, you're looking and you're feeling your best. You're able to exercise effortlessly. Uh, you sleep well. You... Um, you have uh, you know, abundance of energy, you don't get sick. And people say, oh, well, what, how come you're doing this and it doesn't work for me? And, and it's then when you say, well, I just do these things. Mm. And, then it, and then that's the kind of the, the instigator for the conversation. Mm. But um, I just think, yeah, lead by example. And if, you know, if you're doing something that people aspire to, then they want to know more and they want to be like you um, and figure out what you're doing.
0: Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Actions definitely speak louder than words, and that's mm. what. It, and you must find that as well with with kid your kids as well, right? Because kids, I find, are a lot more intelligent and smart than we actually give them credit for, even from a young age. So yep. I feel like they watch what you do, right? So yeah. and they will kind of mimic what you do and follow suit, I guess, um, a lot that's of the right. time, right? So I think <laughs> that's a good that's a good example, right? Stu? so uh, yeah. are your kids eating them like. obviously i guess they are but i guess they they enjoy eating vegetables do they? most of them or is that still yeah
1: um do they yeah it's one of those things (laughs) yeah uh, totally and it's one of those things because you know they're they're also wildly different so we've got two that just tuck into the veg left right and center and one that's super fussy so Uh, right so we're very aware and they're very aware that well if you know if they're eating um it's not going to cut it if they just—they're making themselves a plate of pasta or something like that. And it's like, whoa, that you know—that's your meal. Well, mm. what's missing here? Mm. Like, where's your protein? Where's your fat? Where's your vegetables? Like all of these things. Um, and so, yeah, we're definitely a very whole food approach. Their lunchboxes look very different to their friends' lunchboxes, um, and they are aware that there are consequences to um, to eating the way that we're taught to eat and the way that their friends eat and the way that, the way that um, they would uh, be deemed to be eating from television commercials and, and all the stuff we see online in terms of burgers and, and sodas and all of the crazy options there that are pushed in front of their face. So they realize that a lot of these things are uh, are not the right way to do it. And Typically, they make the right choices, but for me, it's it's really hard because you don't want to push it on them. Otherwise, mm. they'll yeah, of course. You know, they'll dig their heels in and they'll do the rebellion. Yeah, yeah, that's but, it. Um, but you just say, well, look, I I would recommend that you do this, and yeah. this is you know we eat together, so we'll all eat the, the same stuff. And of course, there's a few whinges when there's veg on there that they're not completely happy with. But ultimately, it's like just you know, eat up and um, yeah you know, enjoy it and just be well.
0: Yeah, great. And, and you, like you said, you can't really stop them from doing stuff. And obviously, they're going to be having some cake or pies and stuff like that. Mm. But I guess the good thing is, you know, when they're more connected to, again, even kids, right, they have yeah. like a, a piece of cake. And if they're yeah. not having that food very often, they're probably going to have this burst of energy. And yeah. then they're going to probably not feel the best you know, or not feel too great afterwards. Or they might feel fine. But if they, for example, got greedy and had two pieces of cake, then yeah. they start thinking, Oh, okay, I didn't feel too good after that and they can start connecting the dots from a young age then, right? So
1: Well, that's okay. right. And and I do have a little bit of a strategy for parties as well. Yeah? Because, uh, <laughs> I thought you might have. <laughs> I do. I love it. So because I know like, you know, and a party, absolutely, they can go out and they can do what they want, but they know that, you know, just to like avoid the fizzy drinks, to, you know, as best you can. But typically what'll happen if they go out to a party, you know, I will make them um lunch before they go and it will always be the fattiest omelette that i possibly muster I love there'll it. be eggs and coconut oil in there and and just use so much fat so it's so satisfying and filling that they're just not hungry when they go to these parties and they've, they've they're full of the good stuff before we even go and then they can do what they want
0: that's amazing do you add do you add uh, cheese to the omelette because i i personally when i have an omelette i've yeah. got to have cheese
1: you know yeah but yeah they they do so um two of them are into cheese one of them isn't and uh yeah there'll be there'll be cheese on top too
0: you can't go wrong with that then that's that's job <laughs> is not
1: it exactly
0: yeah, that's wicked man that's what i love that um but that takes us on to the gut then let's just talk a, uh, a little bit about the guts mm. i know you've had some great experts on there in, in relation to the guts and did you have dr rusco on there did you have uh, what's his name? R- Rus Doctor Ruskin? Did you have him? On yeah,
1: there? R- Ruscio. Ruscio. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, an absolute specialist. I remember Doctor yeah. um, David Perlmutter as well, who mm. wrote um, Grain Brain, and is, is a real expert on on gut and so many different um, specialists from functional medicine perspective, mm. who um, ultimately are all saying the same thing because a decade ago, like you mentioned, the word leaky gut to your doctor and your doctor just like what and the term was just just ignored as a another kind of wacky new age phrase that people are starting to think is an issue when in actual fact uh it's something that is super important so important for long-term health and typically we're finding that through use of antibiotics and things like artificial sweeteners and sodas and poor food choices, lack of vegetables in favor of more starchy carbohydrates, then you can tip that balance with, from good bacteria to bad bacteria um, out of your favor and then things start to go wrong. You realize, well, I'm putting on weight, I can't lose weight, I can't sleep properly, my brain is foggy, like all of the above. And it's really important just to be mindful of, of that when um, when you're making decisions each and every day. So, I've recently had a, um, a microbiome test as well from a company in uh, in the States called Viome. And, really, really interesting tests, in, a, in as much as you provide a stool sample, you send it off to the States, it gets analyzed, and then it comes back and pushes the data of your microbiome, like at at the stage, at this stage, uh, into an iPhone app and tells you this is what's happening. Like These are all of the species of bacteria that you've got, but this is what it means from uh, a food and supplement perspective. So here are the foods that you should avoid for your microbiome that will negatively affect your microbiome. Here are the superfoods that you should try and include every day that will really nourish uh, your microbiome. And from a supplement perspective, these are the things that we recommend you take because they'll do. They'll be super beneficial for you as opposed to just guessing. Like, oh, well, maybe I should eat more green vegetables. Well, sure, absolutely, we should definitely eat more green vegetables, but what if there was a certain type of green veg that elicited an um, inflammatory response in your body, things like that we just don't know. Um, and that could be the low-grade inflammation stuff that we talked about earlier that just kind of grinds away on your body over the course of 20 years that does turn into something much bigger and, and much more worrisome um, down the track. So really, really important to try and get as as much of a, a, a personalized snapshot on where you are, I think, at any given time. And that's That's what I'm really interested in at the moment in terms of getting DNA tested and microbiome tested, tracking things like sleep and recovery, uh, to take the guesswork out of all of this. Because it's so easy now to wander into a supermarket, go into the vitamin and supplement aisle, and you are just, you've got a thousand brands all claiming to do the Mm. the most wonderful things. Like, Where do you start? Do you take your multivitamin or your stress vitamin or your sleep or your herbs or more protein, more omega-3s, like nobody knows. Like we just, we don't know. We're just told take a multivitamin, um, try and reduce your junk food and do more exercise. Well, I think it's, it needs to be more personalized than that. And some, some of the stuff that I found out has been fascinating as well and really shifted the way that I, um, I eat and I move as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's um, with the gut. Cause obviously, you know, the, the, gut is so, and it's so fascinating, all the, the studies and stuff that are coming through now. Cause obviously it, you know, it takes them a long time to get these studies together. Right. You know, mm. 20 years or so sometimes. So now it's yeah. all coming to light. I think it's amazing. And you know, with the gut, The 80% roughly of the immune system, right, is located in the guts. You know, we have like, you know, let's just say roughly 100 trillion cells in there. So we're actually more bacteria cells even. So Mm. we're more bacteria than we are human on a cellular level, right? Yeah. and you know the, the gut if you took the gut out it would weigh if you took your microbiome out and you know out of your body it would weigh like two to three kilos so you know just with those kind of simple facts alone it goes to show and obviously with the gut producing you know at least 20 different hormones as well including yes. serotonin right which is the yep. uh the, yeah, the happy hormone for mood appetite yeah. sex drive you know
1: that's right all yeah. of the above and all of that stuff starts or has been shown to start in the gut and uh, and wow. it's so important and we realize that when we don't move and we consume the wrong things we drink the wrong things we um we don't nurture or we're just not aware of our gut it's very very easy to tip the scales in the wrong direction and and experience ill health in any way whether it's your mood your sleep your energy your weight um all of the above yeah, very, very important and, and well worth just doing a little bit of investigation, read a few books, listen to some podcasts, um, go to the experts online, find out a little bit more and see how that might be able to um, – you might be able to dive into some of the practices and tools and tips and strategies, techniques that you could apply to yourself um, and see what happens because your, your doctor doesn't have enough time. You might go in there and you'll have 10 minutes um, – Essentially, um, oftentimes it's it's problem disease management, never looking at the root cause. You know, I have a problem. Well, here's a pill. Instead of well, what problem do you have? Why do you have that problem? Tell me about what you. Tell me about how you sleep. Tell me about how you eat. What kind of movement do you do? What environment are you living in at the moment? Are you stressed? All of the above. Doctors just don't have enough time for that. I mean, they do a great job, but they just don't have enough time. Mm. So nobody will be more vested in our own health than ourselves. Um, And we're in an age where we have access to the most amazing amount of information. Um, And granted, you could go on a tangent and, and, and get caught up in Dr. Google, which is wrong, of course, but at the other end of the scale, you can tap into conversations with cutting-edge and pioneering health professionals, and you can read the latest studies um, from the, that have been pushed out—clinical studies from you know X, Y, and, and Z. So it's really, really interesting to be able to do that, and then just slowly apply these things to yourself and see how you feel. Because I know for me, over the last twelve months, even. I found some radical things out about my body and made some changes that have made profound effects. Mm.
0: Amazing, amazing. Mm. But yeah, no, I was just going to say about, on, on that note then, you know, you mentioned multivitamins and all these mm. kind of things. And I, th- I feel like one of the main issues is, as we mentioned about the amount of information that is available to us now, there's some fantastic information out there. Yeah. Your podcast, you know, this podcast, we're getting, we're getting good stuff out there, but it's hard to siphon out all that bullshit so to speak for most people so you know i always say to my audience to you know focus on the big rocks like you mentioned you mentioned sleep and recovery then Um, exercise i always talk about you know rob wolf you know you you know rob wolf obviously yes his his four pillars of health very simple you know sleep exercise nutrition relationships If, Mm -hmm. if you if you're really focusing and putting your energy into those big rocks um, and not focusing and not really wasting too much time thinking about what multivitamin you need to take and whatnot. And I just That's remembered, right. I can't think of her name now, but that woman you had on your show talking about the multivitamins, that was, um, blew my mind, that episode.
1: Yes, Son- Sonia Pemberton. So she, would, she directed the movie called Vitamania, yeah, um, which, is, which essentially just looked at the age-old question of should we really take a multivitamin? Is it doing us any good? at all or perhaps on the other end of the scale, is it doing us harm mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah really really interesting um but yeah to- totally you're completely right those four pillars uh are so critical the most important pillar out of all of them is sleep mm-hmm. and uh, i agree it's it's the rest and the repair and the reset processes and it's it's where it's where our body regenerates and it's so easy to get wrong and so many people have issues with sleep and me included um and i I'm so laser-focused on ensuring that I get the best night's sleep each and every night um, for, for longevity, essentially. Um, and so, yeah, I do a whole heap of different, different things to ensure that I do. But, yeah, if, if, um, if any of your listeners are struggling with sleep, then I would, I would essentially make that a priority and, and, and start to do a little bit of investigative work and see see how you can change things. To be able to um, tip the scales in your favour,
0: mm, definitely. And you know, like the the, the th- I, th- I think I watched something recently. that The three main things with sleep is the memory, the memory consolidation as well. So mm. you consolidate short and long term memories within, mm. within your within your sleep, and then neurogenesis, right? So the brain literally regenerates. And you mentioned um, you mentioned growth hormone earlier as well. Yeah. Obviously, we secrete the highest amount of growth hormone. When we're in a good, a good deep sleep. But, yes. Um. Yeah. So important. And I know you had James Swanick on your show, and I was lucky enough yes. to have him on mine as well. Great. And um, I now work with him. Uh, I'm an affiliate. With he's an affiliate now. And uh, sorry, yeah. I'm his affiliate. I've, I promote his blue light blockers. Because remember, yeah. I told you about the uh, the old the kind of
1: like the builder yeah, style the builders. Yeah the, yeah. the the Swan the Swanies work really well. Do you Swanies? I, I do. Yeah. yeah every, they're great, aren't they are great are they're the best that I have found. Um, awesome. There's huge amounts of science to back up the importance to minimise blue light in terms of melatonin production and essentially giving yourself jet lag and screwing up your circadian clock. Mm. Um, so absolutely, yeah, I'll put those on from kind of six pm onwards, and um, and super important. And you can find that any of these any of these little things just can impact. Your sleep cycles, in terms of the importance of getting enough REM sleep and deep sleep, um, and m- many of us will be getting far less of those two important um, blocks of sleep um, that cycle through the through the night than than we would ever know. Um, so yeah, really, really important just to focus on on getting good sleep, waking up feeling refreshed. Um, if you haven't got the time. Uh, energy or don't, don't want to go to the effort of tracking your sleep through wearables then oftentimes it's just how you feel when you wake up like do you feel refreshed um do you feel ready for the day like how do you feel throughout the day if you're feeling like crap in the morning then typically um perhaps your sleep wasn't the best and if you're sleepy throughout the day then again um perhaps uh, sleep wasn't the best. And if you're finding that you're forgetting things on a more frequent basis, then your REM sleep's probably compromised as well because that's where a lot of the memory consolidation happens. So there are all these little pointers that you can dial into. But generally, without all the techie stuff, like, you know, how do you feel? Like, are you getting enough? What time are you going to bed? Like, we all need we all need to be in bed for eight hours um, and typically getting – six to eight hours of quality sleep
0: Mm. yeah there we go that's that that covers Mm. that with that big rock and (laughs) yeah no i just wanted to say then as well about talk about memory (laughs) 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 i wanted to talk about you know social media and the iphone addiction right because this is a big big issue and as much as i like to talk about the blue light blockers and they will help a lot most people listening to this just quite simply to block that artificial blue light that you get Mm -hmm. from your iPhone screen and TVs and the artificial lighting. But at the same time, if you're still on your phone and social media, you know, you're scrolling through certain things or wherever you're doing, checking emails, you're still kind of, you have too many, too much stress in your body. If you're you're on there, even if you have got blue light blockers on or whatever, what I explained to the people, uh, my listeners last time is, you know, street uh sleep is a practice right we we yeah. expect we think as humans a sleep is just one of those things that happens you know like you yep. just we're living in an age now where we're you know we're we're at a higher stress state than ever, I would say you know because we've got all this all these stresses coming from all different angles it's not all bad, but mm-hmm. with the iPhone thing I was talking about, if you don't monitor that you know it it can become a bit of an issue, and you know preparing yourself for a good sleep by you know turn the lights down i would say maybe like as james swanick says put the candles mm. on an hour or so before bed and trying to come away from electronics so you know maybe reading a book um yeah. but yeah so i kind of got two questions but the first one i wanted to ask you mate real quick was about social media yes. and i wanted to ask about yourself and your kids uh, and not just social media i mean technology in general whether that's tablets gaming how do you manage to structure it and, and not get carried away and, and abuse those things too, especially with your,
1: you know, where you're at with your business and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's a constant challenge because being in a business that utilizes social media so, so much need to be on top of it. Um, at the same time, but mind, mindful of, um, the importance of shutting down, um, like having uh, – I was listening to a podcast this morning with a sleep expert who spoke about having almost like an alarm clock to prepare yourself for sleep in terms of the alarm clock goes off at 7 p.m. You've got to prepare yourself for sleep, which could mean just shut, shut off social media because it's that – it's that it's all of the, it's the chemicals that are released when we're in this spiral, which is social media. In terms of things like you get onto Facebook – Facebook has a never-ending feed. Like that's how it's been engineered. The feed never ends. You'll get into the posts and you'll flick and you'll roll through. And you'll roll through the posts. It never ends. And every now and again, you'll get that that thing that just makes you feel great. It's like, oh wow, look at that. That's so awesome. Dopamine. And then you'll scroll and scroll. Yeah, dopamine hit. Bang. Yeah. And so you want another dopamine hit. So you'll scroll and you'll scroll and you'll scroll. And you'll, scroll and, and you'll wait for the next one. You you know. You blink your eyes and you've lost an hour to social media literally um, yeah. and then that might spiral into you know we're into instagram and we're again never-ending feed um there's so much stuff going on there and we're really um <clears throat> we're really so active it like it keeps our minds so active when typically we do want to just be switching off to all of that stuff reading a book or even watching a you know just a just a a dumb movie like i i use netflix um as a strategy to wind down like i've got my blue light blockers on and i'll just watch something that requires no thought Mm. and and that just pulls me out of my day um and social media for me is switched off at seven o'clock like it just has to be Um, and and for kids as well nothing in the evening like just it can't it can't happen so they'll have some computer time to do things like homework. Um, They're into uh, YouTube now as well, which is quite painful, but we can run that through the TV so they can have an hour of that Mm -hmm. just watching whatever they need to on YouTube. Um, But from a perspective of um, smartphones, mobile phones, social media, all of that stuff like you, like we come at a time when that stuff just wasn't around when we were kids. And, and it was, like they were good times because Definitely. we weren't continually interrupting, interrupted with whatever whatever notification we're getting on a mobile phone that takes us out of the moment and and keeps us almost enslaved to these devices. So we, we monitor it uh, a lot because I'm mindful that it's so wildly addictive. All of the social media Platforms have been designed to be as addictive as, as they can, and we interviewed a lady called Catherine Price, who is a science journalist who wrote a book called How to Break Up with Your Mobile Phone, because she was very, very aware of the addictive um, practices that that can um, that can occur when social media just just is so tantalizing um, for us and so captivating that it just sucks us in. And before we know it, we're jittery messes and nests we're looking at our phones. And you'll often see that when you're out and about, if you're eating a meal out there. There's so many people that are just engaged in their phones over a dinner in a restaurant, which is insane. So it's, for me, it's if I'm out at the weekend, um, the phone doesn't come with me. Like if I go out to a meal, the phone stays at home. The phone gets switched off at seven PM at night. The phone never comes in my bedroom with me, Uh, and the kids are the same. And then I I use shielding devices and blocking devices. Like my, I have the night shift on the iPhone, and I put the screen brightness down so I can barely see the thing. Mm. Um, So yeah, little little practices like that. um, But really important to be mindful of the fact that if you think you're just going to have a quick sneaky look at Facebook at 10 o'clock at night, you're going to inhibit your sleep mm-hmm. because you'll stimulate yourself possibly with blue light as well. Um, and then you're in this spiral where you're thinking about, um, whatever it is you've seen on social media and you've got the, and you've got these addictive patterns in there as well that can be programmed by, by all of the notifications and the settings that, that are, um, I've switched on by default so it's really really hard trying to be mindful just to put that thing down um, is a really really good strategy um, in the early evening so you can actually start the process to wind down um, for a good night's sleep.
0: Fantastic advice there, Stu. Fantastic because um, it's still work in progress for me. You know, the, I think the awareness is the first step, right? Mm. But I was I wasn't consistent. I was doing what you were doing, and I was cutting it off at seven, and then I went to seven thirty. Then it was like eight p.m., and then I was yeah. like kind of went back into my old habits. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I never I never go on my phone in the room. The second I go, yeah. but yeah, I do get sucked in myself. Like let's say about half of the week, I'm pretty good. Like yourself, I come away from it maybe about eight p.m. Yeah. But yes, um, I always read a book before bed as well. But yeah, yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it's like just the second you start treating it as a drug, because that's what it is. It's completely altering your state of mind. Mm. These little spikes of dopamine throughout the day is no different to someone who's... I know it sounds quite drastic and some people, this might trigger some people, but there's no different to a drug addict, addict in a sense. No, right?
1: It's because hugely addictive.
0: 100%, yeah. Like the dopamine hit you again. And also I heard something, and I really like this. It's, it's like... Social media is the processed food of this generation, right? Because if you look at processed foods, Stu, a few years back, you know, let's just say, let's just go back like 30 years, Mm -hmm. all these processed foods, refined sugars you find in cereals and all these, you know, different kinds of engineered, highly palatable processed foods, people eating them fine, you know, fine, no problem. Later on the line, now we're in an, uh, an, an epidemic of obesity and chronic illness. Yeah. And now we realize, yeah. oh, shit, those processed foods were actually terrible for our health. And they yeah. put us in this state now. And the mm-hmm. way you look at social media, social media hasn't been around for that long, as you alluded mm-hmm. to then. Even when I was in, you know, like 10 years ago, even 10 years ago for me, I think Facebook, I started using Facebook in 2017 when I was like maybe 19, 20. Yeah. But, you know, some of the, the kids nowadays... You know, obviously, there's a huge correlation between depression and anxiety in teenagers. I think it's from uh, 2011 till about 2015. I believe mm-hmm. depression and anxiety rates in teenagers increased by something like 66 yeah. percent. So there's, there's a direct link, although they haven't got the, um, the studies yet, but they will be coming through, between you know, depression in teenagers. Uh, and, and that's another thing that wasn't about when we were younger right um this is is exploded and they're spending you know some of them are spending most of their day on their phone and it's like it's it's pretty obvious right Stu
1: well totally because you're pulling yourself away from the community that we used to have which were friends and family where you used to interact and engage Mm -hmm. and now you're in a virtual world where you think everyone's your friend uh we're told and shown that everyone's having the best time of their lives through all these wonderful instagram selfies and and and, uh, and phrases and quotes to back that up. Hey, you know, this is just the most amazing time when nothing could be further than the truth. Yeah, it, um, depression is spiraling out of control. We're anxious um, and jittery because we're waiting for the next notification. When it doesn't come, we feel bad. Uh, you've, all your friends look to be having the best time of their life. You think, well, why am I not having the best time? And uh, and we're not talking anymore. Mm. It's we, you know we've never been we've never been at a time where we've had so much um, or we could have so much connection with all of the devices where we can talk to people on the other side of the world and speak to family and friends in different countries through the use of Skype and things like that. Um, but the reality is we're using it in a very different way, and yeah, we're feeling lonely and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Great.
0: Yeah. I like the way you put that at the end. And we are literally as a human race, probably more disconnected than we've ever been. Right. Yes. And, we're, and we're also, we're literally experiencing what we're experiencing now is the most deconditioned humans, mm. um, ever really, because yep. we've never been in this state where people, like we said about chronic illness and diabetes and, you know, people are just not moving as much. And then we have just to top it off. We have not just social media, but when it comes to the availability of food as well, Stu,
1: right. Yeah.
0: So, already the processed food than the damage and now we have these apps like uber eats where oh, people can yeah. order a mcdonald's from their couch <laughs> oh,
1: it, it's, <laughs> it's just i don't know how i don't know where that's going maybe maybe the next step is somebody actually comes in they feed it to you so you don't even have to move <laughs> your hands that may that will be coming that's actually a good idea yeah
0: <laughs> that won't be far behind that's true though i mean yeah.
1: oh god it's yeah. just insane so yeah it's so easy to do any of that stuff but i just mm. think Shift your mindset, get in there, get into the kitchen, start making yourself food because you've, it's so empowering to know. It's one of the things that you can control, like mm. you can control what you eat. Mm. Um, we can't control the way that we're advertised to when we're out on the streets in terms of all of the, the billboards and the advertising that we've we got. We can't control the quality of the air in the city that we we live in to a degree, but we can control what we put in our mouths, and that can be the most empowering because that in and of itself um could um help us to feel better to have more energy um to sleep better to to think brighter thoughts so yeah absolutely yeah uber eats <laughs> give, <laughs> That's a, get rid of the app off your phone
0: 100 just to top it off now i think amazon have brought because amazon are crushing right now as you, as you yeah. know you probably know with your supplements and stuff yeah. i guess you use amazon
1: so to... uh, we're about to about we're to yep yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they're, they're dominating now and they're, they're coming out with this uh, new version of Uber Eats. So it's going to be, it's probably going to go even worse now, but uh, I just, I'm right. aware of your time, issue, right? So I just got, I wanted to ask you one or two more things real quickly. Sure. Uh, yeah. I wanted to delve a bit deeper into business questions, but it's okay. I've got one, which I think will cut it. Okay. Um, what are the main challenges you faced, you as a CEO of, of this, of this big company, um, you know with as we mentioned the online settlement industry being so competitive and kind of cutthroat yeah. in a sense yeah. what are the main
1: challenges you faced you? Um, so as I often find that the, the higher you are up in a company the more crap you have to put up with and essentially you're just putting out fires so for me uh, it's about having the time to be able to do everything that you need to do um, and and i get around that with prioritization. So at the end of each day, I'll just sit down and, and deconstruct the day that's just been and think, right, you know, what, what sucked my time? Um, what do I need to work on more? What are the priorities for tomorrow? And then I'll write a task list for tomorrow. Um, and I literally have it, you know, a book here and I just go through all of my tasks and every single day. And it's just like, and then I, and then I'll, with those priorities, how can I prioritize those? And I will rank them in order of the most important, and then just tick tick those off when I'm done. So at least I know that if my day blows out with, you know, a phone call that that I shouldn't have taken that ends up um, sucking an hour of your day, or or anything that happens in the business that we didn't didn't factor in as part of my day that again sucks up um, hours, then at least I know these are my priorities. I can get through as many of them as I can. And then from a from a, um, I guess, a, a systems perspective, always trying to align myself with the best people because it's very hard to grow anything on your own. So it, you, you need the support and, and skill set of others. And so essentially I'm trying to build relationships with the best people that I can in any given area, whether it be social media management or new product development, um, all of the above, to be able to then confidently know that they're doing the best job they can for me. Um, and then I can work on the other stuff in terms of actually building the business and the vision of the business as well.
0: Mm. Awesome. Mate. Awesome. I'll, uh, I learn a bit from that, from that, mate. <laughs> I, um, I, I like the way you actually write it down as well. Right. So mm. old school, like you're not messing around, like, cause it's another no. distraction, right? Cause I, I do it on my phone. I should just start writing it down because I get distracted And you literally black and white there with your pen and paper, no messing. It's,
1: it's great. And yeah, I've been like, I've got, you know, I've got a big book and I'll go through and I I can have a look. Oh, right. So, and, and oftentimes at the end of a month I'll go through and I'll just check and see, well, is there anything that, that, you know, what are my notes and thoughts? Is there anything that I need to pull forward again or revisit? Um, but it's, I, yeah, I like to get away from all the digital notifications and just literally script this stuff down. Um, And then that kind of helps with your sleep as well because you're thinking, well, I already know what I'm doing tomorrow, so I don't need to ruminate on anything that perhaps might worry or keep me awake because I know what I'm doing. I've got my task list, Um, and uh, it's in black and white, and if uh, I could just sit down and watch a Netflix movie now and enjoy it.
0: Done. No problem. And you yeah. do that the night before. Just you, you write that down the night before the task. stops mm. Yeah, and then boom. Oh, you, yeah. You
1: Generally it. at the end of my working day. So you know, six p.m. Yeah. Whatever that that might be. I'll just sit there and go. Right. What are the most crucial things for the next day? What are going to be the game changers? Um, what are the big wins? And um, and then I just slot the smaller things in with that. But as long as I as long as I know that I'm ticking off the right things, um, then I'm tracking in the right direction
0: great and just to jump the gun now last question mate real quick what is your number one tip or, or any tips really for people to lose body fat because people always the ears always pop up when it comes to uh losing body fat my audience always wants to learn more about that although i keep telling them yeah if you could just um give us your top tip or two for for fat loss sure um, and for keeping it off stew because that's the key thing isn't it it's one thing yeah. losing fat and i think you know 95 percent of people can't keep it off
1: so no, that's right. So t- typically, uh, and and there are no surprises here, just reduce the amount of sugar that you eat and, and don't think that sugar is sugar as in the white stuff. So sugar could be in processed carbohydrates like your breads and your pastas and your white rice, um, any anything that typically converts very quickly to sugar in, in your body. Um, and what that will do, that will impact your gut health as well. And if your gut health is out of balance, good bacteria versus bad bacteria, uh it can be almost impossible to lose weight, irrespective of whether you eat enough sugar or not. Like you could be eat the cleanest diet possible, and and you'd still struggle to lose weight if your bacteria isn't uh, isn't in sync or in harmony. But typically, I always, I you know, I look at food as fuel, um, and and providing the raw materials for the day. Um, and I want to start the day that way. I don't want to get up from. Um, a, a good sleep and just jump into a sugary meal because that will set me up for failure for the day. So it's always about fueling myself um, and being very mindful of sugar. Um, even, you know, even if it's you know it's a sandwich, well, there's not a lot of nutrition there. Um, I'm typically looking for a good balance of protein, fat, and fibre, to keep me nice and full, power me through the day.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I like that because you just reinforced all the stuff I say. So uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully, they, hopefully they'll listen to you. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> nah, you <never> nah. know. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe. I really appreciate your time, mate. There was loads of knowledge bombs within that episode. That was that was excellent. Thank you for your time, mate.
1: No problems, and uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you at some stage soon because uh, you've got huge amounts to share as well. So keep doing what you're doing.
0: Thanks a lot, Stu. I'll uh, I'll catch you soon, mate.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, mate.
0: Cheers, buddy.